Hello, Peter Rue here with your latest Indestructible, a podcast from The Independent, where we're taking a closer look at resistance movements in the Trump era. For this episode, I hung out with Eli Smith, a musician, ethnomusologist, and the founder of the Brooklyn Folk Festival. Now in its 10th year, the festival features hundreds of bands from all over the world. There are workshops, open jam sessions, and a banjo-throwing competition. It's taking place this year at St. Anne's Church from April 6th to the 9th. If you're listening in the New York area, I highly recommend you come down and check it out. You'll find more details at brooklynfolkfest.com. For this interview, Eli and I sat down at his home near the Jalopy Theater in Red Hook, Brooklyn. We talked about the rich history of folk music in New York City, America, and the world, and the importance of carrying tradition forward. Enjoy. Yeah, I've been living here about six years. Nice. Where, where were you before? Makes it easy to get to work. Yeah, that, that's... You know, no, sometimes if you live next to a place, you're always late for some reason. Yeah, and always working. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But it's all good. Um, do you need a pen or anything? Or? No, I got one. Um, what was I going to say? I lived in Flatbush. I had that apartment in Flatbush before I lived here. And then I lived in, in Bed-Stuy before that, in Bushwick before that. And I grew up in um, downtown Manhattan. Yeah, and you're from you know. the city, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I'm from, from lower Manhattan originally. And your folks were activists? Mm-hmm. Yep, my, my parents... Um, are our left-wing political uh, activists from throughout their throughout their lives going back into the 1960s and the uh, peace movement at that time mm. in the Vietnam War. And uh, is that how you got into folk music, or I, actually, I hear you don't like this term folk. You prefer down-home music, or yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, uh, folk music's fine. I, I'm happy to wade into the controversy about what folk music is and try to give my own perspective on that. Um, I like the, I like the the term down home music. That's nice. I think that's that's meaningful uh, in in its own way. Some people use roots music, which is okay. Also, to other terms. Yeah. And uh, so, how did you uh, first discover uh, this kind of music? I mean, because I, I guess uh, I don't know how old you are. I'm I'm about thirty three. For me, it was punk. Yeah, you know, I was never really exposed to uh, folk music except on long car rides listening to Bob Dylan with my folks. But oh, that's cool. Um, yeah, I, well, you know, people have often asked me that: How did you, you know, get into that music? Being from New York City instead of being from a rural area or something like that. But there's, you know, not that much difference these days in what the music that you're exposed to, whether you live in a city or a rural area. Um, mm. but be that as it may, and New York sort of has a tradition of yeah. being a folk bastion, going back to what the forties, huh? Yeah, or earlier in the thirties. Yeah, so like, Guthrie like, lived in Coney Island, huh? Uh huh. Yeah. The so folk music has has been a cornerstone of the counterculture in the United States, going back however long you want to go, but mm. in the modern era, you could say going back to the nineteen thirties. Mm. Uh, Lead Belly, the great guitarist and singer from Louisiana. Uh, he moved to New York City in 1935. He moved to the Lower East Side um, and lived there until his um, untimely death in um, 1948. Mm. And uh, Woody Guthrie moved to New York in 1940. 
and you had incredible uh, singers and political activists like Aunt Molly Jackson uh, here in mm -hmm. New York and, uh, and others. And, you know, Pete Seeker dropped out of college and moved back to New York in 1939. And you had a really cool folk music scene going on um, in that early era, in the, in the 30s into the, into the early 40s here in New York. So it's, it's not just the 1960s. It really goes back at least 20 years mm. um, more. And do you see uh, like your work as like a, a folklorist or ethnomusologist and a musician and someone? I, I don't know. Did you help found the jalopy or were you you uh, um, instrumental from that? Yeah. Understand? Well, I I see my work as being a continuation of yeah. this of all that stuff that goes back into the 1930s and the Popular Front mm -hmm. era. And I didn't start the Jalopy Theater. The Jalopy Theater and School, School of Music was uh, founded by Jeff and Lynette Wiley, um, two beautiful people that are my uh, neighbors here, and uh, started the theater in 2006. I'm their longest serving um, teacher here at the music school or employee. I started working mm. here uh, in 2007, teaching banjo lessons and guitar lessons. And in 2008, I thought of the Brooklyn Folk Festival. I, I, there was such a good scene for traditional music, folk music, down-home music, whatever, in Brooklyn and in New York City that was kind of coming, coming out at that time that I wondered if there was a festival to present it. And there wasn't, and I was really surprised by that, that there wasn't a Brooklyn Folk Festival. But at the same time, I was elated because I could make my own Brooklyn Folk Festival. Yeah, and that's quite an opportunity. <laughs> so we um, had our first festival in 2009. We thought I, I thought of it in the in somewhere in the middle of 2008, and we started planning. And then in the spring of 2009, we had our first Brooklyn Folk Festival, and um, I've kept at it. And now we're doing our tenth mm. Brooklyn Folk Festival. This is a, a decade of Brooklyn Folk Festivals. Yeah, I remember the first time I went to the Jalopy Theater. I think you were performing, and or several people were on the lineup. Cool. And I was struck by uh, it was like stepping into another time. Um, yeah, or is that like an atmosphere? An you alternate you know, reality sort of work to place. cultivate, or uh, this sense of it being another time? Yeah, sure. or I, it's maybe timelessness. Yeah, or, I would yeah. rather say timelessness, yeah. and um, to find out something that's like elemental about the human experience. That's something that I'm certainly interested in. Is mm -hmm. what is music good for anyway, and what 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 is the um, what is an elemental nature of music that we can go back to or try to recapture? Because a lot of times things have gotten gotten too far afield, and we need to decide what's what's really healthy and what's right, and try to go back to that. Do you think it's fair? I mean, I know you don't like the term uh, roots music, but um, maybe this idea that folk music or down home music is this distillation of what music is all about. Yeah, sure. Um, that's 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 an interesting thing to think about. I mean, really, what we're talking about is in in most cases is old rural music, mm. music that was made by um, working class people in rural areas who had limited access to material goods, mm. made their own instruments in some cases even, um, but you know played music that was. Um, not coming out of a corporate place or something that was not not based on hype or celebrity as music in 
the modern era that comes out of cities has often been. And that's, that's music that I'm interested in. It, it's, it is people's music. It's music that comes up from the grassroots, from, from communities. Mm. And that's what we're interested in presenting at the Brooklyn Folk Festival. We want to celebrate the people by presenting grassroots music. Um, that's, that's historic music. It's not, um, it's not rootless. There's, I, there's a lot of um, things in, in our culture that cause us to be amnesiac and not think that there was any kind of culture, you know, mm. before 1960 or something. Or not, you know, some, something that makes people feel... I don't like things that make people feel um, rootless mm. or alienated. So I want music that has a community feeling to it, that feels like something that, you know, you could do yourself and something that, that's, that's elemental and, and very... Um, grounded in, in, in history and even in the land and something that, you know, that really feels feels good. And you, I, I always have said that um, music is medicine. Music should really, should make you feel better. And the, the, the sort of corporate music that I hear coming out of the radio usually doesn't, it doesn't do that. It doesn't fulfill um, that basic requirement of music that I'm, that I look for. So and you can tell when you when you hear when you hear stuff that's the real stuff, you know, if you're sensitive to it, you can tell. Uh, so that's what I'm that's what I'm looking for, and that's what we're trying to do here at Jalopy and at, you know at the at the festival and stuff like that. And uh, you know, it strikes me like Donald. Uh, and I hate to bring up the the devil's name, but yeah. uh, it seems like a lot of people he sort of captured this. Longing for a past, an American past, and uh, make America great again. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's yeah. and it's striking that it's sort of a different narrative um, coming out of this folk scene, which is more. Uh, I don't know. It tells the story of working people being rebels and, and being anti-racist and anti-fascist, and yeah, uh, that's an important yeah. part of of folk music as we think of folk music, and and that came out of the. Uh, you know, mid-century World War II era and Woody Guthrie and actually specifically talking about fighting fascism like, like Woody Guthrie did and others did at that time. But also the folk music that I'm also that I'm talking about, you know, it, it, it might not, it doesn't have to mention fighting fascism specifically. It's, 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 the, feeling of, it's the feeling of the music that, that is important. And I hope people can, can be um, open to that but uh yeah i mean we we don't want to romanticize the past we want to see what we can find in old music and traditional music and find what elements of that we want to bring into the present and into the future um you know the united states the history of the united states is like basically characterized by racism mm. and um a hor a, like horrible exploitation of, of working class people and stuff and we want to celebrate the struggles against that, but we, you know, we don't want to bring like racist music or anything into the present. We want to leave that behind. Yeah. Um, so you know, that's that's all that's all part of our history that we don't want to deny, but we also want to we want to recognize and leave, but also leave behind. Mm. Yeah, and you mentioned not being uh, romantic about the past, uh, and before I started recording, uh, you were telling me about. Um, this Harry Smith uh, anthology of American folk sort of B-side record you're putting on. Mm -hmm. uh, I'd like to hear more about that, but, you know, it strikes me, I was reading that 
a lot of the, the musicians on that original compilation from what, what was it like the they came out in the 50s but they were recording in the 20s and early 30s yes right? that's right you're quite right they were sort of capturing the sentimentality in America at the time yeah, like sure. they were playing music that wasn't really of their generation either necessarily but but hearkening back to a Another well, time. Yeah, I mean, I would say that the music that they were playing was was from their communities and their generation. Mm. Uh, in I would in most cases, mm. but of course, nostalgia is a part of music and it's a part of, of the human experience. I, um, it's very nostalgia is very powerful, but of course, you know, a, a lot of the music that you would hear on the anthology of American folk music that the artist and record collector Harry Smith produced for Folkways Records in 1952. And is sort of a, a cornerstone of the of the repertoire and, and what we think of as folk music. Um, a lot, many of those artists were playing what they would have thought of as as old time music. It's mm -hmm. called old time music, and that's rural American string band music: fiddles, banjos, guitars, mandolins. Um, but old time music has been called old time music since the old times. <laughs> um, so it's like. This, I think what we're talking about is music that is really genuinely old. Um, it's not oldies like from the 50s. It's like historic music that goes back in varied forms to um, various parts of Europe and to Africa, and which is hundreds of years old and is, is actually elemental music and mm. is used, used for, in the home and for social occasions and for dancing um, and for telling stories and for you know, kids. Um, so, you know, that's, that's the element of timelessness that I, that I look for. And timelessness and also sustainability. You know, we're all about cultural sustainability. Mm. So that's something to, to chew on. Yeah, so folk is like, uh, do you see the, the Brooklyn Folk Festival as an act of cultural sustainability? Yeah, uh, sure. preserving like a sort of cultural memory? Mm-hmm, yeah. yeah or, or the memory of many cultures? And, right, yeah. we, we want to bring together... Um, we want to bring together everybody <laughs> to, um, you know, be able to be honored. You know, music is, a, is about honor and respect, mm. and, and we want to bring respect to people's music mm. um, by presenting that music um, on a big stage, at a big show for people that's accessible to everybody, have a nice crowd. And that's a nice way to support the music and the musicians that, that, that are carrying the music with them and, and um, are you know, taking so much time and, and, and effort and care to make the best music that they can. Mm. And, um, you know, so-called folk music or traditional music is not well respected at, at all within uh, the, you know, the capitalist music industry. There's, there's no story there um, for most music journalists. It's not, it's not, quote, original. It's not, there's no, it's, it's, not, it's not particularly glamorous. There's no hype around it. It's just music. It's, it's like, you know, real boring for, apparently, for anybody that's, like, you know, music journalists or something like that. Well, well there's two things I would say that. about that. It's like, uh, you have such meticulous care, and a lot of people in this folk scene take so, such meticulous care to sort of uh, honor that folk tradition that it makes it original in this day and age. And I, I would also say... Um, Folk music is very strange and interesting. Like I think there's a good element of strangeness 
to that. That uh, yeah, you haven't yeah. heard stuff like this, yeah. you know, before. Like when I walked in, you were playing yodeling uh, hillbilly music. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. We had some like trippy yodeling going on when you when you walked in before. Um, it's definitely you know weird music, and people are weird, and and things mm-hmm. should be, um, but we don't want to make it like. Um, Exotic. Mm-hmm. It's not. A, it's not. We don't. Not trying to exoticize music and by calling it, you know, overly weird. But at the same time, I when I, you know, hear music that I like, I like it to like have some unexpected element or something really cool in it. So if that's weird, that's fine. Mm. some mandolin and fiddle and harmonica mm. uh, and, and the, the Jews harp but uh, yeah, I, yeah I play in a string band in an old time string band called the Downhill Strugglers and I, I play my own um, solo music as well um, and I'll, you'll mostly find me playing banjo and guitar mm. uh, and it does seem like folk uh, in America at least the American folk is interesting in that you know right now we're told that uh uh, there's a lot of, you know, I don't need to say it, there's a pretty divisive political atmosphere in this country right now. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and someone once said, you know, like, no one would pass laws like black and white people can't get married or, you know, get together if they weren't already just doing that, you know what I'm saying? Um, and, you know, relatedly, I guess American folk music shows how different cultures can can come together and create, synthesize maybe, or learn from each other sometimes too. Yeah, I mean yeah. that's that's what American folk music is 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 um, the confluence of music from Africa and, and music from um, British Isles, Ireland, and also France, Germany, and and Italy and everywhere. Um, but yeah, I mean that's that's what happened, and some of those musical interactions were exploitative, 
and others were more um, egalitarian, as you like look back at, at history. Um, but on, on at the same time, you know, musicians share, mm -hmm. and that's outside of the profit system and outside of the industry, whatever. Um, musicians should always share music and, and learn from one another and make hybrid hybridize music and, and make um, what do you call it when things are uh, you know mixed up but in a way that's not like a collage almost or well yeah you, I mean, there's a word that I can't think of now but the, the People should not, let me start that again. There's a lot of music out there that's sort of self-consciously hybridized, like somebody says, okay, I'm going to take like, you know, Irish ballad singing and just like smash it together with some techno and like I've heard that it sounds pretty bad. <laughs> well, yeah, it just I mean it, it, whether it, it I mean it could anything can be good. I don't know, you know. But in general, my experience is that stuff that's like sort of self-consciously hybridized like that ends up not being that that deep. Mm. Um, but you hear music that you know influenced came together over a period of time and kind of hybridized in a way that was more that was less self-conscious, more natural, maybe took a longer time. And that's great. Yeah. You know, that's where some of the best music ever comes out. And you mine old uh records for tunes, right? I mean, yeah, sure. one thing I find fascinating is this uh the sort of avenue different songs take. Uh like on that Harry Smith record, there's Seven Drunken Nights and it's being performed in like a sort of bluesy uh, way and I remember listening to like I think it was either the Dubliners or the Clancy Brothers singing that song yeah. and you sort of wonder like okay where did it go there and how did it get there yeah yeah that's cool yeah. yeah and that as you as you say yeah that's an example of an American folk song that is um, from the old country you know came over from from Ireland or wherever yeah. um, and has been around for a long long time I for all I know that song goes back to the Middle Ages I'm not sure mm. yeah. um, and yet it comes out sounding contemporary in the era that it was recorded, like I, that record was made in the 20s or 30s, and has its own style and, and humor mm. according to its, its own time and place. Do you feel like there's a... So I think it, you, you do exclusively do old songs yourself as a performer? No, I, 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 I write songs sometimes. Uh, there's a huge emphasis on writing songs as a, that you're exposed to as a musician. If you don't write your own songs... In many cases, you're you're shut out. That's the first question: is well, do you do, do you do originals? Mm -hmm. And if you say no, then a lot of doors will close on you, because you're seen as uncreative or seen as uh, not marketable. And if you know everybody wants something new, whatever. So you know, I'm I'm very suspicious of the um, idea of originality. I think it's really um, kind of conceited. Mm. Say, oh, look, look at my song, it's so original. And then you hear it, and it sounds like every other song like you've ever heard. And you're like, well, okay, you managed to write some words, you know, that are, like, original, I guess. Yeah, originality <laughs> is pretty rare. I mean, like, real originality yeah. is very rare. Yeah. 
and and so I, you know I'm suspicious of 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 originality I, I would I would rather somebody dig a little deeper than that and work on their music more and see how things can kind of emerge in a more naturalistic way mm. a lot of the old singers if you if you listen to field recordings and listen to old um, musicians from from out in the country whatever they don't say they wrote a song they say they made it um, I made did, did you write did you write the song I made this song mm. and what that means to me and what I guess it means to them is that they they thought of some words or something that they felt compelled to say and maybe they took a melody from a song from some other song um, or even took lyrics from another from a few songs and they made something mm. out of elements that were around them and that to me that's actually that's a better process and and leads to better results <laughs> then yeah. but then you find out that that's basically what Bob Dylan did too you know who everybody is like even it's amazing how long his shadow is people still refer to him um, you know even though he's like an elderly musician now mm. in any case I, I think a lot of the best songwriters or whatever you know, I've really ripped off a lot of stuff from the past, and that's great. And and well, they're and conscious of it, I guess, and and are you know knowledgeable and aware. So that's that's good. So you don't see a tension between tradition and um, originality. They sort of origin. Your new music should sort of be informed by the by. It has to yeah, be. There, it, I mean, it, there's inevitably no way. It is. Yeah, it, inevitably yeah. it is. So it's better to recognize that and inform yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was going to say what you're saying reminds me of uh, that recording of Alan, I believe it's Alan Lomax and Muddy Waters uh -huh. uh, speaking, and Muddy Waters is, says that exact phrase, he's like, I made this, okay. um, when, he's, when he's talking about, uh, oh, what song is that? I'd I, I Be Troubled, is it that yeah, one? Yeah, Troubled, which is probably one of the weirdest uh, songs I've ever heard, but it's so beautiful and strange. Um, yeah, and he said he heard he got was inspired by walking down the road okay. and hearing uh, a church uh, church choir singing in a minor key. Wow. That's what he okay. says, you know. We, I'm, yeah. I want, I'm not sure if we're talking about the same song. I, I, I'm just not sure, but yeah, that makes sense. You know, that's cool. That's great. Yeah, troubled. Yeah, it is troubled. And yeah. Um, yeah, but you know, Muddy Waters was the real deal. You know, he was surrounded by traditional music throughout his whole upbringing in Mississippi. So he knew he knew what was up, and then he did something that was original in many ways, but was also rooted in his, in his community and, and in his uh, tradition. Pack my suitcase and make my gear. But I'm troubled. I'm all worried. And I never be satisfied, and I just can't keep up. Yeah, I know my little babe. She gonna jump and shout. That old train delayed, girl, and I come walk. Yet I never be satisfied, and I just can't keep up. 
Yeah, sorry for the tangent. I've just been listening to a lot of Muddy Waters no, lately. Good, yeah. <laughs> love, love Muddy Waters, yeah. Uh, what can people expect um, from this year's Brooklyn Folk Festival? Oh, great show. We have a wonderful um, festival planned this year. It's April 6th, 7th, and 8th, uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday at St. Anne's Church in Brooklyn Heights. Mm -hmm. There's about 40 different bands um, playing in all different traditions and styles, plus uh, workshops, film screenings. Uh, jam sessions, contests, the banjo toss, banjo throwing competition. For folks who don't know what the banjo throwing competition is, you want to let? Yeah, sure, sure. So that's our absurd contest that we have every year, and it's uh, trying to see who can throw a, a banjo the farthest into the Gowanus Canal, and whoever <laughs> throws it the farthest wins a free banjo, a nice new banjo, not the one that you threw into the canal. Nice. And it's just a lot of fun. It's it's really um, stupid. And <laughs> Are you worried about pollution accumulating? Because the banjo's tied to a string, right? Yeah, the banjo's tied to a rope, and you you know heave it into the canal, and the the rope pays out, and you can. That's how you see how far it went. But uh, we give everybody um, elbow length rubber gloves so that you are protected from the. Uh, the water from the federally designated Superfund site. <laughs> so, don't worry. That's good. And, uh, you know, there's no rules. It's free-for-all. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. So, and there's also a fiddle contest this year, so if you play the fiddle and, and you think you got some stuff, you could come down and, and uh, test, your, test your skills against uh, other fiddlers here in New York. Wow. Uh, and are, are there going to be, like, sort of open jam sessions? or? Yeah, yeah there's two or three uh, nice. open jam sessions. People can check that out. Look at the website, brooklynfolkfest.com. You can see the whole schedule, see where the uh, jam sessions and dances. There's a salsa dance and two square dances. Uh, the salsa band is really, is really killer, uh, killer. And uh, just all the stuff that's going on, it, it's um, going to be a really, really fun festival, and it's our 10th anniversary festival. Um, so it's really a time to celebrate um, a decade's worth of, of uh, hard work and, and great, great festivals and it should be really, really nice. So look at, yeah, look at brooklynfolkfest.com. You can get tickets there. Tickets are, are quite inexpensive. We try to really make it um, something that's accessible to everybody. Because it's music for the people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's right. And a uh, particular act you're looking, looking, to, looking forward to seeing this oh, year? Oh, I, I love them all equally. I, I, would never, uh, I would never choose a favorite, but we have a number of cool bands coming to the festival this year. Um, I'm looking forward to Inov Ganawa. That's an awesome um, band from Morocco that plays mm. a traditional form of Moroccan folk music. Really good. And uh, uh, Buya and El Barrio is a really cool Afro-Colombian band. I'm looking forward to Clifton Hicks, who's an awesome banjo player from Georgia. We have two. We have several amazing Georgia string band musicians coming up. Um, this year, if you all ever wondered what Georgia string band music was like, this is your chance to check it out. Probably the best people you know in in the country and therefore in the world hmm. um, are are coming out. And uh, oh wow, I mean Eva Selena is playing the incredible Balkan singer, and um, we have some some really cool and better known bands. Pokey Lafarge is coming out. Uh, Michael Daves, a Brooklyn favorite, is playing with Chris Eldridge from the Punch Brothers. Um, we got Spirit Family Reunion, uh, Jerron Paxton, known as Blind Boy Paxton, who's just an incredible blues musician, uh, oh, yeah. and ragtime folk old-time musician is, is playing. Um, yeah, it's hard to even remember. I mean, there's like all types of stuff. We got a jug band coming from Alabama, 
and a jug band coming from um, Canada. <laughs> so we got jug bands coming from every which way. Uh, we have uh, the Birdman of Rome is coming, the, uh, the, the king of the Roman buskers. He's coming from Italy. Wow. He's like the, um, you know, the uh, grand grand uh, father of, of uh, he's an older guy. He's, he's been busking on the streets of Rome forever. He's uh, dressed as a giant bird <laughs> and uh, is just really cool music. It's I, the kind of stuff you, can, you can't out. see anywhere. It's, this, is, this is sort of... A lot of people haven't heard yeah. of the bands that we book at the Brooklyn Folk Festival. We're, or just all these bands in one place together. Yeah, yeah. It's a great yeah. place to discover new music because, you know, we, we book stuff that's like, you know, really underground. It's, it's underground, grassroots music, and you're not really going to see it anywhere else. So that we don't get big, big celebrity bands. We're not interested in that, usually not into that. Um, but, but you can come there and hear music that you will not hear other. You know, otherwise. Nice. Anything you want to add? Uh, no, just, you know, uh, look at that website, brooklynfolkfest.com, to find out more about the festival. And then the Jalopy Theater and School of Music is, is New York City's home for um, folk music, traditional music. They got classes at the music school, guitar, banjo, mandolin, harmonica, singing, ukulele, all kinds of stuff. And uh, even if you miss the Brooklyn Folk Festival, you could come to Jalopy anytime. And we have a record label, Jalopy Records, which I, I help run with my friend. And we got a bunch of albums out. If people want to check out Jalopy Records, they should look that up. So, yeah, there's a lot going on. Hmm. Thanks, my man. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Eli is going to play a little ditty for us. While he's tuning, I'll say goodbye. That is it for Indestructible. Our opening theme is 1848 Now by the Mekons. You also heard Montana Slim's Yodeling Cowboy, followed by Muddy Waters' Troubled, sometimes called Satisfied. To subscribe, donate, and read The Independent, visit independent.org. Copies of our print edition are available citywide. Thanks for listening, everybody. This is Peter Rue in Brooklyn, signing off. Tune uh, called the Coal Creek March. It's a Tennessee banjo tune.